Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. As always, it's Fear Week here on the show as Fear Street Part 1, 1994 came out this past Friday, and we will have you covered with two killer episodes this week. On Wednesday, per our normal schedule, we'll have our review of Part 1, 1994, with former Hatebreed guitarist-turned-Connecticut-King-of-Horror, Larry Dwyer, is back on the show. He, of course, is from Horror News Network, Connecticut Horror Fest, and Connecticut Cult Classics, so you know that is going to be a fun one for sure. But this episode is a very special one. We have Ruby Lane herself, Jordan Di Natale, on the show today. You may have seen Jordan on such major Netflix projects as The Punisher or Mindhunter, or maybe you are a devoted fan of this podcast and remember her coming on in late 2019 to promote her appearance as young Connie Sheeran, daughter of Robert De Niro's Frank Sheeran in The Irishman. Uh, Very glad Jordan could take the time to come back for our first return guest interview and very proud of her continued success with Netflix projects so we can keep talking her up, this young Connecticut actress on this podcast. Did I mention I'm from Connecticut yet? All right, let's get to it already. Here we go. Let's kick off Fear Week with an awesome interview with Fear Street co-star Jordan DiNatale. Thanks for listening. I'm happy to welcome back actress Jordan Di Natale, who you can see right now on Netflix in the new Fear Street films. Congrats on the gig and thanks for coming back. Thanks, Andrew. It's nice to be here. My first return guest interview. This is a, a, a great milestone once again for me. You're my, my first true like you know actress guest back uh, in, in the time of the uh, the Irishman uh, promo back in the day. Very exciting. Uh, this must be an equally as exciting time for you coming out of the pandemic slowly. Uh, You know, the world is starting to open up and now you have this big instant Netflix franchise you're a part of. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, no, it's, it's been really cool. Um, I know it's weird to think like when we filmed the, the three movies, everything was like normal. And then like the world got turned upside down and now, we're coming out of it and the movies are coming out. And so it's, um, it, it's been really exciting. Yeah. And even in the, in the holding pattern, you had like the Birch stuff, uh, the Facebook watch show that you were promoting too. So it's not like you weren't busy 
or, or at right. least as far as like outward appearances go. But it's good to see you kind of like back, at, you know, with a, a major thing that you discussed the last time you were here uh, and and had to be very cloak and dagger about it because, you know, n- not a lot of information was out at the time. And and your character, now that I've watched the film, I could totally see why you were a, l- a little reluctant. Uh, and probably I'm guessing you're still going to be a little reluctant for two and three. Um, uh, to say, you know, what you're involved in. But it's still very exciting to go from, you know, a huge film like The Irishman and then come back doing it. What, do you feel like a difference between the, the the going and doing the rounds now from back then? I mean, I think I think I'm just, I'm a little more prepared nowadays, <laughs> I think, you sure. know, um, which is a really cool feeling. Um, just you know, just experience is everything. And um, so that's been, that's been cool to just, you know, take the experience from the Irishman and other things I've done in the interim and bring it um, now to Fear Street. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned the last time you were here uh, (laughs) in, in relation to the whole Fear Street thing is that you have a really hard time with scary stuff uh, yeah. Even to the point of that you were too scared to like read the Fear Street scripts alone in your hotel room. But I don't know, Jordan, like uh, you just came off, like I said, doing the birch, which is you know, <laughs> plays with monsters in the woods. I think you mentioned that you did a short film that had like Ted Bundy influence or something into it back then. <laughs> a mine hunter goes out of their way to go after monsters. And now you're doing Fear Street. I think you actually love this stuff deep down. Maybe. I don't know. It it could stem. I mean, I, I think I didn't have a fair shake because when I was little, like I watched um, um, The Shining way too early in life. And <laughs> I think it just really ruined me. Like my, my brother would torment me with the uh, red rub. <laughs> um, and but so maybe, you know, yeah, maybe deep down, I really do enjoy scary stuff. You know, I got to say, I loved watching Fear Street because although it, you know, it had like, it had the really fun, like gore and blood and, and all that. It was still like campy, you know, kind of like, like throwback to scream. Um, and so I, I was able to watch it without closing my eyes. So, yeah, I was going to say like, uh, you know, as a person who was saying you have tough time with it, I didn't know if you like were knowledgeable or watched a lot of the stuff that they tried to kind of pay homage to in this particular film. At least, obviously, I can only speak to 1994. I'm sure we'll see more of that in the 70s, you know, camp kind of survival stuff, which I watched a ton of those movies when I was younger. Uh, I was very much like you, actually, except I feel the opposite. I feel like I got thrown into the deep end i watched like texas chainsaw massacre when i was like six you know so it's like eh you know anything i'm desensitized now i'm like the opposite of what you're feeling so um did you watch a lot of those like kevin williamson kind of things like the screams and uh, i know what you did last summers and that era of like 90s kind of more campy thrillers Yes, I have seen them, um, but I've seen them like through, you know, like putting my hands over my eyes, right. <laughs> slip fingers. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, you know, I have an older brother and so he watched all that stuff and I wanted to do everything he did. So I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it with you. But, um, you know, I've, I've watched them, you know, I've seen um, like Jeepers Creepers and I know what you did last summer and Scream and all the, all the Mike Myers, I've seen them all, but just, I haven't like been like, oh, let's do it. Let me grab some popcorn and let's go. It's been very <laughs> right. much like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try my best. <laughs> but, yeah. um, 
being dragged yeah. kicking and screaming actually adds to the element of the movie. So that's pretty good. I uh, think so. <laughs> so now you mentioned uh, on the last time that like this was shot in Atlanta, um, you know, during uh, I-, I don't know when this was shot, though, like uh, around, I guess, right before you started promoting the Irishman, I guess maybe the summer before. Yeah, it was shot in Atlanta. Um, it was like March to August. It was, uh, what was it, 2019, I think? Yeah, um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned uh, we were talking about Robert De Niro's uh, contact lenses. And, yeah. and you were like, oh, I just did a movie where I was doing that. I was like, oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I, um, I kind of understand why Robert De Niro kept taking, kept having them take his lenses out now. Because yeah. they're... <laughs> Um, they're kind of uncomfortable because, well, mine particularly, um, kind of like blacked out or blacked out a little bit. So I really couldn't see well when I was wearing them. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, uh, how was the production for that? I mean, was, uh, I know that the, the director of these films is, uh, I believe either dating or married to a Duffer brother uh, for Stranger Things and Stranger Things shoots in Atlanta. And now this is kind of getting a lot of Stranger Things comparisons like uh is that all kind of like all in one little nexus down in atlanta or is that um you know or is it just you know kind of by osmosis getting uh influenced because of the netflix effect i think i mean atlanta is just like yeah At- atlanta is like just a huge hub now for um I- i'm not really sure why i think you know um it started i think with um the Walking Dead was yeah. huge down there, right? And then, yeah, Stranger Things. Um, a lot of the Marvel, all the Marvel stuff is filming down there. Oh yeah, it's just yeah, it's a it's a great hub and it, it's really fun to go down to Atlanta because it's a really cool city. So I I don't know. I think I I love the Stranger Things kind of influence in Fear Street though. I think it's it's super fun and it, it just it works so well with the um the kind of horror that's trying to um, be put across here. And especially after Stranger Things did like a full season where they kind of did it as like this throwback, this real like they were paying homage before. But season three seemed to be really kicking it up a notch with the shopping mall experience and and how they really kind of set the the lifeguard experience, like all these things where they were throwing back to so many like 80s movies and really kind of cheesing it up a little bit now that the kids are getting older and everything else. And this one obviously is in in 94 and, and playing with a lot of those films too. Um, when you first read the script, what really appealed to you uh, about this besides the fact that it was scary enough to, uh, to really put you on edge? <laughs> um, I just, I really liked like the tone of it. It seemed, it seemed fun. You know, it was like, um, it just, it had aspects of, it's like, it, it, it's funny because a lot of times it's hard to tell like what the outcome is going to be just from reading the script. Right. Um, but you could kind of tell that the tone of this was like, um, you know, there were jokes, you know, it, it wasn't just all scary. And that that's what I really liked about it. Um, especially the relationship between um, the main character, uh, um, Keanu Madera, who plays the main character and, and her brother, right. Benjamin Flores. So the relationship between the two, between Dina and Josh was just like, so funny to me. I, I I just love the characters and it was it was really like the characters that stood out. Yeah, and your character, Ruby Lane, I mean, again, you know, just uh <laughs> dialing up the scare factor and really being a part of this like henchman group essentially. Um how much fun was it for you to kind of be 
uh, a villain and being able to kind of to dial it up, you know, outside of contact lens discomfort. Right. Oh, no, it was super fun. It was it was awesome. I mean, it's like everything that goes into being a villain is like it, it's such fun character work because you have to figure out like, how would I walk and how would I like, what part of my body do I lead with and stuff like that, which I guess you, you could do sometimes with playing a regular, you know, human character, <laughs> but, sure. but, uh, but with a, playing a villain, a villain, it's just, it's even more cause you have to dial it up. Um, yeah. And so that was really fun. Just like um, playing around with like, you know, the, body movements and all of that was was awesome yeah how much is that in the script of what her backstory was and how much can you use utilize that to kind of fill out the character yeah her backstory was in the script um a little bit um I definitely learned more and I would say um audiences will learn more about her backstory from the second film from 78 Mm -hmm. um and so reading that script, I kind of learned a little bit more. But yeah, it's in there because um, Josh's character actually, you know, he's like loves this, the horror, learning about all the shady side killers. Right. And so he yeah, he goes through and kind of says what happened to Ruby Lane, how she killed her whole um, killed a bunch of her friends and everyone in town and stuff. Right. Um, similar to what's happening now in 1994. And so. Uh, so that was in the script. So I just kind of came up with like a little extra backstory for myself um, just to have fun with it. Yeah, that's I would assume any of that stuff is very helpful. I would also think that it's very helpful to be a killer, especially under like demonic possession and going after people yet being called hot multiple times and in the trailer for that. Did you get any anything from like friends and family saying like, oh, here's like the hot demon uh, who's related to me or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been fun, um, that aspect of it. You know, my, my dad just kind of like, he's just thinks it's really cool that I'm killing people. <laughs> um, so th- that's been funny. Um, he just like brags about how, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if a dad would want that for his daughter, but my dad's like, oh, it's so cool. She's killing people. <laughs> right. So. Did, did you get to participate in any kind of premiere stuff for this one? Or like, obviously, you know current settings i don't know what's been set up at all yeah well um we were all invited to the premiere in la which was um this past monday and i just i wasn't able to go um because of extenuating circumstances but um it was really cool i heard from everyone there um it was kind of like an outdoor thing where kind of like kind of like a like street movie style um and it looked like it was a blast. It looked like it was awesome. Yeah, they did a lot of that stuff like with Tribeca Film Festival that just happened. A lot of the film festivals that are coming back, a lot of them have outdoor, uh, you know, these blow up, you know, drive in style things or these big events. So it's cool that they were able to do something like that. I'm sorry you didn't uh, get to participate, but I'm sure now because we're talking the day that it's dropping on Netflix. Have you heard from uh, anyone besides like maybe your dad obviously like anyone who maybe has seen the the film for the first time today and and, and is giving you any commentary yeah I mean I've I've heard from lots of people who have seen the trailer uh who saw the trailer coming out and they're like so excited to watch it um so that's been cool 
I haven't, I've, I've just heard from a couple people, but like people I don't know, just on, on social media and stuff saying that sure. they saw it and how much they loved it. But um, no, no one personally yet ha- has, has watched it um, right. that I know of, or they haven't, they haven't let me know yet. So yeah. Well, let me tell you, I'm proud of you. Cause I like when I, uh, when I saw the trailer, uh, you know, and before the film came out, I reached out to you to try to set this up. And I was like, Oh my God, are you the witch? Cause like the way they pose it, you're very similar looking in a way to the witch that's set up. So I was like, Oh God, is there like, <laughs> is this why she couldn't tell me anything at all? Like, is she the big bad here? I mean, obviously not that you're not bad. The switchblade is very nice. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, it's very close and I'm, I'm very intrigued now that I've watched the film to see how kind of all these things coalesce around this witch character. Yeah, they really do. It really does come together nicely, and it's it's going to be really cool to to see. Um, you kind of finally you get to watch the characters putting the pieces together, which is always fun. Like yeah. they're figuring out the mystery while the audience is figuring out the mystery too. So um, they're like right alongside them. So that's really cool. And yeah, the switchblade was that was interesting. I <laughs> I practiced like flipping it out a lot. I just was practicing it constantly. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to almost be like a tick, you know, after after the fact, because you do it so many times or have to repeat those mechanisms. And the same thing with the song. I, I was like, as soon as I saw you're like a singing character, I had to sing the same thing. I was like, oh, God, that's got to be grating on you after a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of missed I kind of missed the switchblade because it's kind of it was just like really fun to just like flick out. <laughs> you could develop in your own saying- personality. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I should be saying that I, I miss uh, playing with a switchblade, but um. Well, you already said your dad is proud of you for killing people, so I think between those two sound bites, I can get a lot of juice. <laughs> oh gosh, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the singing that was um, that was interesting because um, for the audition, uh, Lee, the director, reached out to me and she was like, um, I don't really know what I want for this character, so just do just like show me something and um so that was cool so I just she was like I don't know if I want the song to be like sung like sung well or if I want it to be more like spoken she's like I just don't know so just just do whatever you want so I just I played around with it and that's kind of like where we ended up landing after discussing it and everything yeah I don't know if I'm just tone deaf or something or what have you but like uh, is that a known song like I didn't fully pick up what the song was yeah, it is a known song. Um, it's called... Because um, if it's in the 60s, I love 60s music. And I'm like, how do I not pick this up? <laughs> I think I have to yeah. go back. Yeah. No, it's called it's called You Always Hurt the One You Love by the Mills Brothers. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and it was, yeah, it's like a 50, like a late 50s song. Right. Um, and I think it's just, it was kind of like, it was supposed to be that was the song that was stuck that she had heard or was stuck in her head when she died back earlier in, in the 50s when she died and right. so that's why it's just like kind of playing on repeat in her brain right and yeah. now it's playing in yours so that's a, it's a cool uh, way to drive yourself mad yes uh, but yeah i i would i would imagine i i'll be very interested to see if they show more of the scenes of like when they actually went mad because this this movie i i was surprised because a lot of people will kind of when you first hear the name rl stein you think goosebumps you think something for teenagers and this movie is 
uh, vastly different. Um, it's got a lot more gore, a lot more murder, and and, and really uh, cranks it up at, at times. Um, like, what <laughs> did you have that effect too when like somebody approaches you like, "Hey, is this is an Arl Stein project," and you're like, "Oh, like for for like kids?" Yeah, I mean, you know, every time I would talk to people about it, I would say, you know, Arl Stein, and, and I would have to say, you know, Goosebumps to get them to right. and be like, "Oh yeah, of course, of course, I've read Goosebumps." Um, and um, but then I would tell them, you know, like Fear Street, he wrote Fear Street, and it was kind of geared towards like a little bit of an older audience, right? Um. A little lesser known, but like a huge like fan and cult following for sure. But yeah, so I would always have to kind of like preface it with like, you know, goosebumps and then continue <laughs> on with my explanation. Right. And some 12 year olds like awesome. And it's like, well, slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not this time. <laughs> um, but yeah. And now obviously you're going to have you know multiple weeks of this. It's kind of fun to see. Uh, how this plays out in real time for people, you obviously being the the all-knowing, omniscient, uh, you know, character, knowing exactly what's going on. So is that kind of fun, you know, kind of like the wait and see to be like, oh, well, if you like this, wait till you see this. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I've, I, it's been hard to, you know, not give stuff away because I just want to be like, oh, like, wait till you see this, just like you said, but I can't say that. Um and so I'm, I'm really excited for all three of them to come out so that I could finally like talk about it with people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was actually, that's the big thing that intrigues me because I think when we first talked about it last time, uh, I was like, oh wait, it's not a series. It's a, it's a, you know, three movies. And then even when you said three movies, I didn't expect three films back to back to back. Um, what did you think about that approach to kind of just, you know, bam, give it out to everybody all, not all at once, but practically all at once. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's like, it's definitely like a new, a new style of releasing movies. Um, I remember in the early stages when we were filming, there was, there was like talk of possibly having them come out like once a month or once every few months. But then, you know, they decided to do, you know, once a week. Um, and I, I think it's cool because it's like, it, we're in this kind of era where like people don't want to wait for things, you know, they want to know what happens immediately Right. with all the binge watching and stuff like that. It's like everything's at our fingertips. So I think it's right. really cool, um, to have people kind of get really excited and then only have to wait a week and just kind of have, you know, this whole like month long event of this awesome movie coming out movie trilogy. Yeah, it's definitely a way to like take over the conversation for and hold people's attention for a long period of time. It's almost a test balloon for for something that Netflix doesn't do actually. Like you're seeing a lot of it with the Marvel shows where like they're doing it once a week and then it holds the the public consciousness in its hands for like that week where people are like, "Ooh, but what if it's this?" or "Ooh, what if it's this?" And I it's cool to see it in movie form cuz right now, especially with the streaming era, like movies and TV are like kind of one in the same or they feel like it's all I hate saying this word but it's all content and you're really seeing this at work now I definitely could see this happening more in the future yeah I could too because yeah like you were saying it's just like you're, you're just getting it at your fingertips now holding the conversation and kind of like creating creating kind of like um like a community too around whatever the content is you know um, having, you know, everyone's talking about it, trading ideas back and forth, oh, what do you think is going to happen? So similar to a TV series, you get to 
have that same feeling except in film format, which is awesome. So now because you're a, you're a horror icon now, so um, <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to be, uh, you know, in the in the in the horror convention circuit coming up this year? <laughs> like, are you going to start rolling that out? I, I, w- I think you should. I mean, who knows? It, that's up in the air. I'm not sure yet. Um, that would be that would be really fun, though, for sure. Well, one of my uh, my guests who's on all the time is Larry Dwyer from uh, the the Connecticut Horror Convention. I'll I'll talk to it. Like, we'll we'll get you on there. We'll we'll make have you uh, making a special appearance, which is funny because they're having uh, two characters from Scream this year. So it's kind of like this fun you know thing. You could be like, well. You know, <laughs> I, cool. I'm, I'm kind of doing the modern version of that. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially like the comparisons, like once I saw like someone in like the skull mask versus like the scream mask, it's kind of like very much intentional, obviously, you know, and, and uh, did you like at least, you know, cause it's not a spoiler because, you know, they released the first five minutes, but, um, you know, Maya Hawk, that's, I believe her, uh, Ethan Hawk and uh, yes, yeah, exactly. his daughter, um, from Stranger Things, obviously, at the same time, um, you know, she ends up being kind of the Drew Barrymore here, and that was kind of fun to to see as well. Yeah, that first um, that first opening sequence with Maya Hawk is just I love it. It's it's so great. It like gets your heart pounding, and um, I I didn't know because I was on set like when they were starting to film it, and I and I didn't know what it was gonna look like, and I just think it looks really cool. It really opens the film very well how much uh how much say because you were saying like you filled out a lot of the the character backstory on your own how much did you have to say about the costume and the look like did you get to have any conversations about that beforehand i mean a little bit um our fx um our key um makeup fx artist um was is christopher allen nelson who um did all the halloween movies and um so that was that was just like really cool. Like meeting him is awesome. And um uh he had he was even like in the process of um of sketching for the next Halloween movie that was coming out. Oh cool. While yeah. Um so I got to talk with him about that. And so a little bit, um, you know, it was it was kind of like a it was like, well, here's what we're feeling for your hair and for your costume. Like, how do you feel about it? And so it was kind of it was kind of a conversation like that, but, um, so I, I would be able to say like, Oh, like I'm really not feeling this color at all. But I mean, in, in the end really isn't my choice. I just got to, (laughs) you know, I got to voice my opinion a little bit. I got to influence a little bit, um, which was, which was nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe, uh, now, you know, like I said, with the, with the cons coming up, people will be cosplaying you coming up. That would be interesting if people did like all the henchmen, together and and then you get to see your your own work in 3d like right in front of you people taking pictures and sending them to you that would be a pretty pretty fun experience i think yeah oh yeah that would be really fun i mean the whole process of um kind of just like being a killer was crazy because it took it took like i don't know like two hours or more to get into my hair and makeup um all the scars had to be put on my face it was all prosthetics um i had prosthetics on my arms and and all that. Um, so that was just, that was a, a great experience. Um, cause I had never experienced, you know, being put in prosthetics and all of that. And the work that the makeup artists do is just like out of this world. 
Yeah, phenomenal job all the way around, especially because they had to do so much work and, and we haven't even really got the full extent of the witch and the full witch's powers and everything else. So I'm definitely interested uh, to see where it goes from there. Um, where do you go from here? I mean, obviously, the next couple films you know, may or may not have uh, a good amount of your character. We'll see. Um, but do you have any other projects? Obviously, I know everything's been very slow with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just just coming off of the birch and now this, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Right. And um, yeah. And um, like like you said, everything is just kind of really slowly starting to pick up. And so I'm just excited and looking forward to, you know, to getting back out there also. Yeah. So. Hey, well, I look forward to it. I look forward to these next couple movies, you know. Um, you know, and obviously all the, uh, the, the fun admiration and all the cool reactions in real time that you're going to get. I'm very jealous. Uh, I'll be looking to see how everyone's, uh, maybe teasing you, uh, over the weekend. We'll see what happens, but yeah, we'll see, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for having me. 